take a moment to sit on that thought that Jesus has overcome the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for what the reality of that means for every single one of us here this morning. In fact, you said, Jesus, yourself, that in this world you will have trouble, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. And Lord, with grateful hearts this morning, we gather as the church to lift up that name of Jesus, that name that did overcome the world, that name that defeated sin and death and secured for us victory that we could have a relationship with God the Father. And as we gather this morning, we remember the sacrifice of you laying your life down for us, of you paying the price, Lord, that we could never pay for ourselves. We thank you this morning for the gift of salvation, the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you because of your sacrifice upon the cross. The Bible tells us that we are able to come boldly into your throne room of grace and of mercy. We thank you this morning as we've worshipped, we've entered that place where we can receive grace and we can receive mercy afresh. We thank you for it this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can grab a seat this morning. God bless you. You doing all right? Good to see you all here. I looked on Facebook this morning and saw there's a whole lot of people running the marathon, the Christchurch Marathon. I thought, well, good luck to them. I'd rather be sitting in church than running a marathon. And uh, I don't do running. I don't know about you. Do you do running? I run the car. That's about it. That's Malcolm Wally's joke, by the way. And... uh, (laughs) Hey, well, last week we launched our, uh, our series and our vision for Thanksgiving Faith Offering for 2017, and this year we've called it Reach. If you were here last week, you would have heard that, and uh, hopefully you've received one of these flyers on the, on the vision for this year around Reach. If you haven't, you can pick one up out in the foyer at one of our stations out there. It kind of outlines for you this year what we're kind of giving to and where we're kind of going with the vision and what we're believing for, and I pray that as you read this year's flyer, as you pray that God would speak to your heart about your part in reach this year. But I also pray that over the next three weeks, you would get an increased sense of where God wants you personally to have increased reach in your life, that you would be able to know what it is to reach for all the more that God has for you. I don't know where you sit this morning, but I pray you have a sense over this year so far that God has more in store for you than what you've experienced to this point that he is the God of so much more. Do you agree with that? And I pray that out of the vision this year of reach, you would have a sense that God has more of a reach for you as an individual and more in store for you. See, the truth is, we don't just want our corporate gatherings to have increased reach. We do want that, but not in isolation. We want you personally to have a sense of increased reach and the knowledge that God has more for you. If you haven't caught up on what it means when we say reach, then over the next three weeks, hopefully you'll really begin to understand the vision, get a clearer picture of what we mean. But reach this year 
came out of the verse, Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39, and it should come on the screen. And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And out of that passage of scripture, there are three parts to reach. The first is to reach up, then it's reach in, and then it's reach out. Reach up is my primary. It's speaking of my relationship with God. It's speaking of what it is to be in a blessed relationship with Him. The second part is reach in. In other words, what has God given me or gifted me with or placed in my life? What gifts, what talents, what abilities, what passions, and what blessings? And then I reach out. From what God has given me, I'm out of my relationship with God. Now I step out and reach out to be a blessing to others. But today, guess what my topic is? Reach up. There's a few of you are sharp. And onto it. It's reach up. I want to speak to you this morning about our primary reach up. This is all about my relationship with God. In Matthew 22, Jesus answers the question from a Pharisee. And in particular, one expert who's an expert in the interpretation of Scripture and is actually well-versed in Jewish, the complexity of Jewish tradition and culture, who tests Jesus with a question, what is the greatest commandment in Scripture? We know this, don't we? Jesus answers with reference back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. In other words, every part of who you are is to love God. These are not to be exclusive, but completely inclusive. In other words, don't just love God with your mind. Love God with every part of you. Don't disengage your heart or your soul. Love God with everything you have. Every part of your being is to love God and be in relationship with Him. But with everything you have, your whole person, you love Him. This is why we can never afford to rest or become complacent in our relationship with God. Learning to love God with everything we have is a part of our discipleship journey and as part of our redemption journey. We are on the journey in our lives to learn what it is to love God with every part of who we are. In fact, we were created to be in full-time relationship with God. Do you agree with that? God never wanted a relationship where his people came to him only when they had need or only on a Sunday when they gathered with others. God wants a full-time relationship with you. That's God's desire. That's the desire of his heart. He doesn't want some part-time deal. He doesn't want people who only come to God when I've got need. I only come to God when I've got a crisis. God wants a full-time relationship with you. That's the desire of his heart. He wants to be engaged with you in every part of your life. He's not looking for a Sunday attender. He's looking for a full-time relationship with you. See, it's out of our relationship with him that then we're able to do something for him. See, as his sons and daughters, I feel the sense that God wants his children to learn again how to be with him, not just do something for him. So we can all be guilty, me included, maybe me especially, of the doing, and forget about the being. See, Adam and Eve, we look in Genesis, this is the genesis of relationship with God. He created Adam and Eve for fellowship and relationship 
before they ever had to do anything. That's the genesis of our relationship with him. God is interested in relationship with you, being in relationship with you before you ever set about doing something for him. He wants fellowship with us. God's heart has never changed on this, by the way. Because the fall happened, God didn't change his mind. God has always primarily just wanted a relationship with you and me. And it's a relationship of love. And it's out of our relationship with God that we are released into our doing. It's out of a place of doing that we become effective. But it has to come from a primary relationship with him. We cannot get caught just in the doing. We cannot make our relationship with God based on our work, based on our works. It's not how God wants it, and it's not how it's meant to be. God has designed it so we would be in relationship with Him because it's out of relationship with God that we find our strength. It's not in our own strength, it's in His strength. See, it comes from our love for God and our deep knowledge of His love for us. It's not our strength, but His strength comes out of a closeness with him. What we do for God is secondary to how we are with God. So this is why the the first reach, reach up, is so important. Because our relationship with God is our primary. It's our primary reach. Reach up, relationship with him. Jesus said, it's the first and greatest commandment. Jesus said that. Carl Crocker didn't say it. Jesus Christ said it, and it was recorded for us. The first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Primary reach. But if we're not cautious, if we don't watch out for this, we will find we have reversed our reach to being reach out first. We become so busy working for God that we've forgotten about being with God. There's a danger in this. Because we like to see what we can produce. And we have a sense of, God, I want to do something for you. And if we're not careful, it becomes our primary reach that it was never designed to be. And we somehow reverse our reach. Our primary reach was always to be reach up. But if we're not careful, it becomes reach out. And we're now looking for God's approval on what we are doing. Instead of realizing that we already have God's approval through his son, Jesus. Before we ever step out and do anything. Do you understand this? You are already approved by God through his son Jesus Christ. Before you ever step out to do anything for him. You can't earn God's approval through your works. We talk about this often but if we're not careful our primary has become our works. And that's not going to win you approval with God because he's already given you approval through his son Jesus Christ. Everything you do from that platform is a blessing and extra. But your primary approval has come through the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the other danger, if we're not careful, is we don't reach out first, but we now reach in first. In other words, I want to see what I have. What strengths or skills do I have that I can use to better my own life? If we're not careful, we have an inward reach, and it becomes our primary. Look at what I have that I can achieve for myself in my life. Or maybe I can do some good works for others because of the strengths that I have in my life, and we slowly become reliant on self. What can I achieve? And again, we're reminded that everything we do needs to come from our primary reach, which is reach up. It's a relationship 
with God. Here's what I sense in my spirit as I was preparing for this this week. Is some of us need to reset our reach. Some of us need to reverse some of this stuff. We've got it out of order. And I feel God saying, today is the day to reset your reach up to be your primary reach in your life. Look at Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. You'll know the story well. It's the story of Mary and Martha. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Anyone feel like Martha at times? Can you take a true look at your life and think far out? I'm a bit like Martha. There's a lot that needs to get done. And in some senses, as we preach the mission of God, we preach to activate you to be on mission. And so we feel like we've got to do something for God. And we get stirred up to be on task. But if we're not careful, we forget to be merry. And we forget to sit at the feet of Jesus, which is our primary reach. And if we're not careful, we get things out of order in our lives. And there's something I've learned in leadership. No, there's not a lot, but there's some things I want to give you a little bit of it this morning. Here's something I've learned. The enemy would love to steal from you your relationship with God. Can anyone understand that? If he can steal your relationship with God from God, he wins. That's his, that's his deal. But if he can't do that then I've found he'll do everything he can to distract you or make you busy. He'll do everything he can to distract you or make you busy. And you can get yourself so busy that your time with God is diminished. And before you know it, you find yourself tired, frustrated, and far from where you need to be. Because where we need to be is in the primary place of relationship with God. And some of the things can seem good things and be good things. We're doing good stuff. I'm speaking to myself and letting you listen in this morning. I get busy. I do stuff. I get on with things. But Carl, don't forget to spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not forget to spend time in relationship with God or you get the reach out of order. And maybe you can relate. To that, if I'm not careful, all of a sudden, my spiritual diary is full of task. All the things I have to do for God and for others, and there's no longer room for God himself, or no room anymore for encounters with God and with the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves is to carve out time to spend intentionally sitting at the Lord's feet. Some of us who are wired to be like Martha, to get on with the task, need a reminder today to spend some time being merry. Now, some of you are going to leave church today and people are going to say, what happened at church? I got told to be more like Mary. Don't tell them that. could be a bit weird. But some of us need to learn the heart of Mary here. To understand what it is to sit at the Lord's feet. What does it look like to spend time with God? What does that look like? 
How do I fashion a life where I know that I'm spending good quality time with the Lord? Well, there are many ways to connect with God, and many of you will have experienced these. Perhaps it's nature walks. Solitude, listening to God, just in solitude can be a great way to connect with Him. Sermons, messages, writing, recreation, and the list goes on and on and on in the ways that you can experience and encounter God. Each of us have a different personality and wiring, and we can connect with God in different ways. But there are three staples that I want to give you this morning, not literal staples, but staple diet stuff, stuff that will really help you, that I think are common to all people that all of us have been created and wired to connect with God in these three ways. It's worship, God's word, and prayer and listening to his voice. And I want to speak to those this morning. Some of you said that's four. Prayer and listening to his voice are one, okay? So worship. Worship is crucial. Worship, what I give worth to. I've got to spend time worshiping the Lord. Spend time in a posture of praise and worship. You see, praise and worship, I find, lift my perspective off of my circumstances and onto the bigness of God. When I come to a place of praise and worship, this is why I love corporate gatherings, but it's not limited to corporate gatherings, and it's not limited to music, but song and music and lyrics help me to connect to the bigness of who God is and lift my perspective off of my circumstances and situations. It doesn't help me forget what I'm facing. But it helps me remember that while I'm facing something, my God is big. Worship helps remind me that Jesus Christ, like we sung about this morning, overcame the world. He defeated sin and death. And we need worship. God doesn't just need our worship. We need to worship God. We need to give Him worth. We need to put Him in His rightful place. And we need to lift up His name. It reminds me that I'm not alone, but my life God is with me. I'm not on my own. You're not on your own. As you worship God, you're reminded God is with us. Is there anybody this morning thankful that God is with us? I pray you are. It reminds me, as I said, of the work of the cross. Worship is intentionally putting God in his rightful place in my life. Making sure that nothing else takes the place of center in my life but God himself. Worship helps me to make sure God is at the center of my heart. It makes sure that he is the object of my worship. My worship is a response to him. Do you know we can sit passive in our relationship with God? If we're not careful, we can just sit back and be passive. You know what worship does? Worship helps me to be on the front foot. In other words, it helps me respond to God. And God is looking for responsive hearts, people who would respond to him. And worship helps me have a posture of response to God. It gives me a voice to actually lift him up and worship him and make sure he's in his rightful place. My worship reflects my gratitude. I'm reminded that no matter what I face, I have so much to be thankful for. Do you have stuff to be thankful for? Worship helps me with that. Worship helps me to remind and reminds me that God is in control and God is good and he paid the price. And Jesus said, as I said earlier, in this world, you will have trouble, but fear not for I've overcome the world. I have a lot to be grateful for, for what Jesus Christ has done for me. And so do you. So worship is important. But so is God's word. 
Look at Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is living and active, showing us here that there is a dynamic quality about God's revelation. It is seen in this verse. It has the ability, it is able to penetrate like a sword. That's the imagery that we've been given here in Hebrews. God's word is able to penetrate. The word can penetrate and divide. What does that mean? Well, his word can reach the innermost recesses of our being. We cannot bluff our way out of anything or keep secrets that God cannot touch by his word. In other words, the word of God reaches our entire human nature, no matter how it's divided, whether you divide your life into physical or non-material, it's all open to the word of God. And the word of God is able to bring truth and revelation in your life to every area of it. It doesn't matter what you're thinking. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. It doesn't matter what you're facing. God's word is able to penetrate your life with truth. And so God's word is essential in our reach up. God is speaking to us all of the time. See, when our thoughts deceive us, does anyone else's thoughts ever deceive them? Just me. Or the attitudes of our heart go off beam. Again, that can be me. What I love about God's word is it passes judgment on those and brings them back to the truth. What we hold as secret beliefs or hidden faults are exposed by the truth of God's word. That's why I need to be in it. See, I don't know about you, but I get wrong thinking. I get bad attitudes in my heart. I actually get down on myself. I actually don't think I'm capable or worthy if I'm not careful. But guess what God's word does? When you're in his word, it resets for you the truth that God loves you. God's called you. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. That he is in control. That he is sovereign and supreme. That his dominion will endure through all generations. It reminds me of the truth of who God is. So I've got to be in God's word. It's essential to the reach up. Otherwise, I'm just left with my thoughts, my attitudes, my feelings. Got to be in the Word of God. See, the Word of God is important to our relationship. God speaks to you through His Word. When you read the Word for yourself, and this is important, you get what I call first-hand revelation. Truth directly from God to you and into your life. First-hand revelation from His Word into your situations, and into your circumstances. You get to see what God thinks about you. I'd come to church for some time. This is years ago, at least 17, 18 years ago. I'd been coming to church, and I'd heard sermons, great sermons. Looking back, I didn't like them at the time, but on reflection, they were really good. But I'd heard many, many messages before I ever decided to read God's word for myself. In other words, my journey to God had simply been week to week, sermon to sermon, giving me snippets of who God is. But nothing of it really stuck in my heart because I'd put up walls. See, the pastor, Paul, would talk about how God loves you. Well, I had a wall that said, nobody can love me. 
I'm unlovable. So his message couldn't touch my heart because I was resistant to what he was saying. But I thought one day, you know what, I'm going to give the Bible a go. I struggled to read. My wife had helped me learn to read properly. I was struggling, but I picked up the Bible. I opened it to this passage, and forgive me if you've heard this before multiple times, but I opened it to Psalm 139, and I want to show you how the Word of God can speak into your life and change everything. Psalm 139, verse 13 to 18, says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Now, when you read that, for you it might be, well, it's a good passage of Scripture. Let me tell you where I was at when I came to reading that. I was a suicidal mess. I'd given up on life. I tried to end my life. And I had decided life was over. And if God didn't intervene in some way, if God, you're real, and you don't intervene in some way, I'm telling you, I'm not facing the stuff I face anymore. So I was suicidal. I was addicted to all kinds of stuff. I was angry and defeated in life. Yet, this passage, as I read it, became alive to me. And it spoke into my brokenness. And the thoughts that I was not worth anything. And the fact that I thought I was a mistake and I was totally unlovable. And as I read this, something in my heart was touched by the truth of who God really is. The reality, God planned me. Far out, when you don't feel planned, when you find out that there's a God who planned you, that's a game changer. God purposed me. God loves me. And right there in that moment was the moment where I felt an encounter with God. There was nothing tangible, but there was a change on the inside. And that was the moment where I decided I wanted to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. First-hand revelation from God's word into my situation. God can speak to you. It's why the word of God is so important. God's word revealed to me takes me beyond just knowing concepts of who God is to truly knowing that God is real and that he is a God of love and that God is good. Many of us, if we're not careful, our relationship with God becomes about concepts of who God is. There's nothing like the word of God penetrating your soul, penetrating your life, speaking into your circumstances and your situations. See, we can do all kinds of things to hear from God, but God is speaking to us all the time from his word. If I don't have a relationship with God based on divine encounter and revealed truth, my relationship with him is simply that, the concept of life with, with him is better than the concept of life without him. But the trouble with that is if it's just a concept or an idea, when the going gets tough, it won't sustain me. I've got to know that I know that I know that God is real and interested in my life and loves me so much that he wants to transform me from the inside out. 
See, when I know in here that God is good and that God loves me, regardless of my behaviors, my habits, or my brokenness, and I genuinely have encountered His grace when things happen in my faith, and I've had many things throughout the years that have come to test my faith, but because genuine encounters with God having spoken into my life, my faith has not been shaken. My life has, but my faith has not. Don't build your relationship with God on concepts or purely on sermons, but on first-hand revelation from His Word. Can I get an amen to that? When was the last time you hungered for an encounter with God? Not just sermons or Sundays, but a true encounter with God. When was the last time you were desperately hungry for God to speak to you, first-hand revelation into your situation, or for God to touch your life? Be in God's Word. and Ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate God's truth in a fresh way in your life. Is every time I read the Word an incredible encounter with God? Not at all. But when I'm reading the Word... Every now and again, something will jump out that will hit me between the eyes. And I will know that God has spoken to me in a situation. Not every time is amazing. But when I face a situation, the other way the word has worked is something of of truth out of his word has popped into my mind when I'm facing a challenge. But see, if I'm not in God's word, there's a great chance that I will receive nothing fresh. If I'm not in God's word and I'm facing stuff, perhaps God's word won't touch my life. But when I'm in God's word, when I'm reading God's word, when I face stuff, stuff's quickened back to me. I remember the scripture. I remember Psalm 139 every day. I'll remember it every day for the rest of my life. Why? Because it's a scripture that changed everything for me when I read it for myself. Finally this morning, Some of you are saying hallelujah. So on to the final thing. Prayer and listening to his voice. There's nothing like hearing something from God directly into your heart. I find God often speaks to me during prayer times. And in prayer, I'm listening for God's voice. Now let's talk about hearing God's voice for a moment. Am I saying that I actually hear An audible voice of God. Not at all. In fact, I've never actually heard the audible voice from heaven. I'd love to. I know some have, but I never have. So what do I mean? Heard from God. When I say I'm heard from God, what am I actually saying here this morning? Well, I'll speak to you from how I know God speaks to me. Often the way I know that I've heard God is I get a sense of something. I get a thought or a strong sense. For example, the vision for reach this year. How do I know that I heard from God over that? Why reach? Why the word reach? Was it a nice idea? Was it a good idea? Was it a clever idea? Or was it God? Well, the way it came about was I was just off walking and praying and spending some time with God and simply asking the question, Lord, what is the vision for Thanksgiving faith offering in the year ahead? And I had this thought, reach, simple thought. 
reach. I thought to myself, that was just my thought. Surely that's just my thought. The word reach, the way I knew it was the Holy Spirit is that I could not shake it. I tried to think about other things, but I could not shake this word reach or this thought reach, and it kept coming back to me. And something I've learned is if something grows in you, in other words, it gets momentum. It has more weight. You cannot shake it. But I believe it's God speaking. And here's what happened next. I began to get the idea for reach up, reach in, and reach out. It began to develop. I couldn't shake thinking about it. Lord, I think this is what you're saying. We need to get our reach right. Reach up, reach in, reach out. And then along came Matthew 22. Again, I was now in the Word, and I was reading Matthew 22. And really, it was just like any other time I'd read Matthew 22. I know the passage well, and I could have skipped by it except this time. As I read it, I felt the Holy Spirit remind me of reach. Your primary reach is God, first and foremost. Then what has God given me? And then I said about loving others and reaching out. All of a sudden, I felt God's word confirmed to me that he had spoken to me. It was the right fit, and I couldn't shake it over the months. I kept thinking about it. That's how I believed it was God. And I'm learning to trust that. Because I haven't heard his audible voice. So I've got to figure out, how does God speak to me? You've got to understand, how does God speak to you? And I've learned, if I can't shake something, or it grows within me, then I give it my attention. It warrants my attention. It warrants more prayer and time with God. Perhaps it's God. Then if it is God, and I think it's God, I then step out in faith. So that's my plan for hearing God's voice. His word confirmed it. I couldn't shake it. And because I believed it was him, I then stepped into it in faith and leave the results of it up to God. It simply then becomes a mode of obedience to him. I think for many of us, we've probably heard God speaking more often than we've realized. God's speaking to us all the time. And I want to encourage you, if something sits in your mind or in your heart, that aligns itself with the word of God, and those two things are very, very important, then give it your attention. Listen further. God, is this you speaking to me? And then step out in faith and in obedience. Is that all right? That's my final filter, by the way, the word of God. Does it line up with what he says? Can the worship team come back and join me? This morning, this message is a simple message. It's a simple message, but I think it can have a huge impact in our lives if we'll allow it to settle in our hearts. And I wonder for some of us this morning, do we need to reprioritize our reach? Have we got our reach, our reach up, reach in, and reach out somehow in the wrong order? God desperately, desperately wants a full-time relationship with every single one of us. As I said, it's why he created us. That's why he wants you this morning to open your heart to the Holy Spirit and respond. Where's your reach at? He wants to be with you long before you ever do anything for him. See, anything of eternal significance that we do for him must come from our primary relationship with him. 
Some of us today just need the Holy Spirit to reignite our passion and our pursuit of God. Our relationship has just become about output rather than about input. Maybe you've lost your passionate pursuit for God and worship. Or maybe this morning you've put aside God's word, you've put it down, replaced it with something else. Are you still in a place of prayer and listening to the voice of God? See, some of us, I feel this in my spirit, I felt it prophetically as I was preparing, need a fresh pursuit of God for no other reason than He loves us and we love Him. Not a passionate pursuit of God for what He can do for us or what we can do for Him, but a passionate pursuit of God for who He is. The fact that He's a God of love and we love Him in return. See, I've been created. You've been created to be in a full-time relationship with a God who deeply loves you. Now, some of you have been raised on the idea that I must produce a lot for God to earn his favor. I just want to settle on that for a moment, not rush past it. Perhaps you've found in your faith upbringing that it's been about what I can produce or what I can do, and the emphasis of your relationship with God has been what you can achieve. I want to tell you it's wrong. It's wrong. It's the wrong way around. See, an I must attitude where I feel I must do something is a master-slave relationship. But I want to do something is a father-child relationship. And this morning, for many of us, God wants to reset relationship with you to being ever before it is the doing. In the weeks to come, we're going to look at what is the inward, what has God given us in order that we can reach out. But before we ever get to the reach out, we've got to reset the reach in. We've got to make sure that our relationship with God is in a good place and it's our primary. Otherwise, we'll end up in the reach out and miss out on the reach up. And it's in reverse and it's the wrong way around. This morning, we want to create some room. Room for you to encounter the Holy Spirit. For some of you, I pray it'll be a fresh encounter with Him. Perhaps you want prayer this morning. We'd love to do that. If you want prayer, saying, I've got to reset this stuff, then come out the front. Someone would love to pray with you, pray for an encounter with God. Perhaps you want to kneel in response to God. You don't have to come out the front to do that, but you're welcome to, but you can do that where you are. How do you want to respond to God? How do you want to reset your hunger for Him? And as I was preparing this, I said to the Lord, God, this is such a simple message. And yet I felt the Holy Spirit say, because it was meant to be simple. It's meant to be a loving relationship with God the Father. And everything else flows out of that. But I felt it was a key moment for us as a church and you as an individual Are you still hungry for God? Are you as passionate today in your pursuit of God as you ever have been? Because your response today gives you an opportunity to say to God, God, I want to reset my reach. I don't want it to be all about me. I don't want it to be all about others right now. I want it to be all about you. Because if I get the first part right, 
Everything else flows out of that. Am I still hungry for God? Am I still in pursuit of Him? See, we need the power of God that comes from relationship with God before we ever step out and do anything for God. Because if we just go with a good idea, then we go without God. And if we go without God, we go without His power. That's why we're so desperately keen on staff to make sure that we put the things like vision of reach through its paces. Is it God? Can we sense Him in it? Because we don't want it to just be a nice idea. We certainly don't want to raise a generation of young people to catch on to good ideas and miss out on the power of an encounter with God. It's got to be God. And it's got to be God in your family. And it's got to be God in your business. And it's got to be God in your pain. And it's got to be God in your joy. It can't just be concepts or ideas. God is bigger than ideas and concepts. He's the God of love. And he's looking for people who are hungry because God responds to hunger and he responds to faith. And so I leave you with this challenge this morning in the first part of this series on the reach up. Are you hungry for God? Are you looking for something fresh from Him? Are you willing to pick up His Word again and say, God, speak into my circumstance and my situation. God, I want firsthand revelation from heaven that will change everything.